Welcome to Between the Vines. I'm Kevin Martin. I'm here with Jennifer Phillips Russo. We are the Lake Erie Regional Grape Program from Penn State University and Cornell University. Just wanted to bring you another weekly update as we sort of head towards the beginning of the end of our of our growing season, at least pre-harvest growing season. Um, and I think we've got sort of the things that come with, with the end now. So uh, we've gone through that phase of where concords are actively managed and we are now doing a little bit of more passive management before harvest and and the things that that entails for jennifer and for growers are i think sort of where we're at on the 12th of august jen do you want to mention some events we've got since we have this window of maybe things at least growers told us you know things might be a little bit less crazy for them absolutely so we have rescheduled our cornell lake erie research and extension laboratory demonstration day. We originally had it scheduled for August 2nd, where researchers were coming in and we're going to talk all about what's going on. And that just didn't seem like the right time. I mean, we had some people register and we thank you for that, but it's just, we wanted it to be a bigger event than those that registered. And we were told from some growers that it was just, they just wanted to relax a little bit at that first week of August, which I don't blame you. <laughs> so we rescheduled it for August 31st. I heard yes, back yesterday from the New York State DEC that they did grant us one credit for that. It's going to start at nine o'clock in the morning at the facilities at Cornell Agritech at the lab there in Portland, New York. And it's going to go through one o'clock. We're going to walk around and look at all of the blocks and all of the research that we have there and how that applies to our industry moving forward. So I really welcome you to come see it. Look at all of our equipment that's going to be out there. Listen to myself and Dr. Terry Bates talk about the research. And then we'll have a lunch from 12 to 1. Do you have anything you want to add to that? I suppose I should just talk a little bit about what they're going to see. So we have our phenology block that is pruned differentially. So we try to capture all the different pruning styles, bud number, I should say, that people leave up. And then we monitor that every year throughout the growing season and have our historical data for our. Um, what we put on our website and sort of gives us guidelines and lets us see trends in this area for the way that Concords grow. There are other, many other things such as the floor management study and there is disease monitoring and nutrient monitoring and robotic pruning. Come out and join us that day. There's a lot to learn and a lot to look forward to of what's coming in the future. Yeah, I mean, it should be a great event. I, it would have been a really interesting event event to do early August. Uh, if you guys follow our program and you're here locally, you know over the past that we've really liked doing summer conferences, but it is always very difficult. Uh, it is really nice to be able to, you know, actually see vineyards and equipment and, you know, have a, a trade show where equipment can be there which is what we won't be able to have the in the end of August. But it's really nice to have all that stuff. And we unfortunately can't do that in the winter when it is a really easy time to meet and share educational information and research. So, so we try to balance those two things and hopefully you, you do get a chance to join us uh, on the 31st. Um, uh, you may have heard some background noise. Unfortunately, I ran into some issues doing some some tiling. August is actually my busy time of the year. It tends to be a very good time to install drain tile. And um, 
my daughter and I were up till 10 last night. So, so the other daughter's waking up and, and wondering where I'm at. And I love hearing that sound. So it doesn't bother me. <laughs> and the sound's not so great, but I can't, I can't be in the studio, which of course is a, is a closet next to the bedroom. So <laughs> the joy is from working from home at certain points. Mm-hmm. So uh, the only other things I have, um, I, just want to remind people the the newer model that we reference for grape berry moth has gone through a number of iterations and now is on a new website just want to call your attention to jen's article last week in the crop update in terms of how to use that model Um, but just observing what it says right now which is um it says that unless it's a very warm year, the, the last generation of berry moth that we just sprayed uh, early this week or late last week, uh, maybe early last week at a couple sites, but but you get you get the point, um, would now be entering diopause with the exception of extremely warm years. But I just wanted to note that this in more than half of our sites uh, was technically what is being described as an extremely warm year. So I, I believe the model will start to reflect that once we get more growing degree days, it will notice that we're getting more growing degree days and that the extra generation is a, a distinct possibility or uh, will happen, I guess is a better way of putting it in some of the warmer sites. If I recall correctly, and I think the model so the model, the reason I'm calling this to your t- attention is the the model is a, could be a little bit confusing right now because it says no further action is required unless it was an extremely warm year. So what you'll see is if you reach that 1610 before or August 5th, uh, before or at August 5th, you you have that potential for an extra generation. And so the way we handle an extra generation is we put on more sprays two weeks after the last spray. Uh, So that pushes us out until um, somewhere around late next week probably is when you could consider an extra application of insecticide for a great berry moth. And it wouldn't hurt to even go later than that. I don't think we typically, um, you know, we typically don't have good coverage throughout that last generation because it would take multiple sprays. And there may be a few, uh, a few blocks that do need that, especially in Pennsylvania. Um, but, but what I think we do more commonly see is one more insecticide where there is sort of a regular level of high pressure, if that makes sense. Uh, and then we may see multiple insecticides where there is pressure that is, I guess I would characterize as, as somewhat uncontrollable. Sorry, there was some background noise here as well, so I couldn't jump in. <laughs> Mornings are loud. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. It has been a hot year. I'm glad that you addressed that. The fact that it's been a hot year has sort of pushed some of our varieties. They've been in Verizon for a while, but we um, have more that continue to happen throughout these couple of weeks in August. If you are just a Concord grower in this area, and I don't mean that with any disrespect because it is what drives this area, Concords should be expected to go into Verasion. We have that tool that I told you about, that phenology block that we track 
year after year after year. And it has shown that Concord Verizon usually starts 69 to 70 days after bloom. We are approaching that next week. Because it's been more warm than not, I expect it to be lean more towards the 69, which put that at August 16th this year. So that is next, I think Wednesday. I'm sorry, I don't have a calendar right now. Yeah, that's, that's Tuesday. I'm actually, I was going to mention that. I'm really interested to see what this year really was because, so so it's the 16th plus or minus, or the 17th plus or minus two or three days. And like you said, um, what controls that plus or minus? And my thought was in mid-July will certainly be two days early because it's very dry. And then we got a whole bunch of rain. So I don't know if, if that counts as being dry or being wet. I'm sort of leaning towards it counting as dry because it happened in that pr- critical period where cell division was happening. But it was an unusual year in, to, in the, so it was an unusual year in the sense that it was really, really quite dry. And then we've had adequate rainfall for uh three weeks now almost it was yeah three weeks so 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 21 days is a good chunk of of that of the 60. so i guess we'll we'll see where it turns out but it'll certainly be next week there's no way it's not going to be next week it's just a question of which day next week so i did have um an industry field representative send me a picture yesterday of he found i have not found any concords turning purple i have found concord clusters with black rod that might look like it was turning a little bit purple, but I have not found the softening really yet in purple of the coloration of the clusters. Yeah, one sent me a photo yesterday, right after I submitted my crop update, <laughs> mentioned showed a little bit of turning of purple in some Concord clusters. Um, granted, it was after I wrote it and it was just one or two berries on one or two clusters in what? 28,000 acres, 25,000 acres. That's not to mention the other varieties don't aren't in it because we are tracking those as well at Clarel. And if I have my information right here to let you know which ones are definitely Marquettes, we don't have a Clarel, but those are really early ripening and have been turning for quite some time, a couple of weeks now. So at Clarel itself, we are monitoring um, Vignole, Niagara, Saval, West, oh, sorry, I say West Riesling, that's because it's on the West side, Riesling, Vincent, Concords, Ives, and Delaware. And out of those particular varieties, we have um, anything, I consider anything really over eight bricks is actually that turning point of Verizon. And in saying so, Saval's are there, Vincent's are there, Ives are there. Delaware is close. Um, and that's just at Clarel. So obviously yours are going to be a little bit different if you are monitoring it. But yeah, so have- yeah. I mean it and the you know, the other thing that Verasian sort of brings is is harvest, especially for wine grape growers. Uh, you know, very shortly after Concord Verasian is typically when harvest just just starts. And then I think Aurora's start um, 10 or 12 days later, depending on uh, the schedules of holidays and things like that. But, um, you know, so that that essentially means we will be harvesting in August, which is not unusual anymore, but but it will be interesting to see when in August. And typically things move, um, move very quickly when things are early because, you know, the 12 days of ripening you need after Concord variation for your wine grape varieties occur you know, in the, in the middle part of August instead of, instead of later. And the same thing I think will happen with, 
with Concord. We usually start to see most Concord getting harvested a month after verasion, um, but that can be pushed up a few days or even if it's not pushed up a few days, uh, you can see bricks being uniformly high enough so that you're not waiting to harvest when processors open because it's doing those 30, 32 days of ripening in August rather than September. So that, that brings you to, you know, the very middle part of September with Concord harvest and some Niagara's preceding that. So you're, you're looking at doing Niagara harvest in the, in the very early part of September, maybe the second week. So it'll be, I would assume it'll be an interesting fast paced year. I do know in our region, some of the crop estimate estimates we've seen all over the place, um, are all over the place in terms of probably in terms of crop load, although we don't have that data, but um, you know, there was some frost damage last year, as crazy as last year was, and as, as huge as some of the crops were, or many of the crops, uh, we have some very large crops in Northeast Pennsylvania this year. There's been some thinning. Yeah. There's been some thinning. There's probably been, maybe there was some stuff that needed to be thinned. Um, one of the things I do always say when it comes to, you know, understanding your risk of loss when you make thinning decisions is having a very good understanding of not just what your crop load was. And, uh, you know, this kind of makes like a, if you have a nervous eye twitch and you're a viticulturalist, it'll start going. Um, but this is this is just my perspective as a business manager. Um, you need to know what your neighbor's crop load is because the flexibility of the processor is based on what the what the average ripening looks like. And I don't know what that answer is going to be because there's a lot of acreage in Northeast Pennsylvania. So, uh, you know, this this probably could be a tricky year for processors to try to to make that balance of making sure that they open when uh, some of the, you know, four ton crops start to mature but also they're not open for eight weeks and they, they, you know, are open long enough to make sure some of those 10 ton crops uh, can get in. And, you know, obviously they're going to do that, but, but it does create some challenges in terms of as like if for an individual grower planning and trying to stage equipment and, and labor, trying to figure out exactly when that maturity is going to happen because it's, you know, it's weather dependent and, it, there's a lot of moving parts when crops are variable. Right. You should, um, well, you should be. I'm not sure how many people do, but testing your sugars before, obviously, before going into harvest to make sure you're meeting those standards. And if you are looking for how to do that, if that's something that you might want a little to brush up on, we do have information out on our website or just give us a call and we can walk you through that process. But most of you, I'm pretty sure, who are listening to this in our region have done that for years. Yeah, I mean, so I think the big news this week will be, you know, getting out in your vineyards, doing some scouting, seeing what turns purple when. I think if you do that, you're gonna have a good idea of where you need to start doing your brick sampling later in the year. Um, you know, it might cut down on how much brick sampling you have to do if you won't have some of those surprises in September, you you can be surprised next week instead, one way <laughs> or the other. Um, so, so that, that will help a little bit inform your de decision. But in addition to that, I think, you know, take a look at the great berry moth model. If you are considering an additional insecticide application and try to see when 
you know, you did reach 1620 to see if, if there is another generation on your farm, because not all newest stations are the same. And we reached uh, 1620 right around that August 5th, which means um, some were before, some were after. And you certainly don't want to put on additional insecticides for a generation that does not exist. Um, so, so that will occur the week following would be the would probably be the first time like the 21st would be the first time you would put on an insecticide for berry moth and it could go later than that if you so choose uh, so so those are kind of the big things i think for the next couple of weeks yeah and as you're out there walking around and looking for a reason please send pictures send text them to me you guys all have my text my cell phone number you can get it off of the website or you have it just because you call me often, please send me photos and I might include them in the crop update, but it's always great to see what's going on when I can't get out there. All right. I think that's all we have for this week's update. I want to thank you all for joining us. Please feel free to reach out, contact us. Uh, you can do that now. You can do that during harvest. I know that harvest is a busy time, but a lot of that busyness is, you know, driving around in circles and getting a lot of stuff done. So I know some of you spend a lot of time on the phone and listening to podcasts. So if we can use that time to provide some education and answer some questions you have, we'd be more than happy to do that. And good luck with the rest of the pre-veration growing season. We'll see you next week. Have a great week, everyone.